What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of the Fly Sweet Podcast. Jose, how we doing today? I'm tired. I just got done with finals, man. I'm just like, just ready to talk some ball. Like, give me like five, five good minutes. It's like injecting like some football talk into my veins. I'm going to be soaring like a hawk. Let's, well, I'll tell you what. How about like 30 minutes to an hour? Like a fly pelican. Let's go. First and foremost, we're going to be going over some team needs for the Raiders that they still have after the draft. Then we're each going to give you three players that we think the Raiders could look into as potential free agents. And we're going to give the home and a road game that we're both looking forward to most. And we'll encourage you guys to share which games you're looking forward to on Twitter. And then we're going to wrap it up with the quack of the week, of course. <laughs> first things first, the team needs. Jose, what, what needs you got for the Raiders? All right, well, I haven't been recorded on, on record for this podcast, but recently just came out with the article, Just Blog Baby, um, about what needs still remained after the draft. So we, we know the free, agent, free agency period, they, 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 blew the, they blew the doors off. All right, they came through like Rambo, kicked that, kicked that shit open, and just started shooting up the place and started saying like, "All right, we got this. We didn't we're, we're filling all these holes," and they did a solid job of it. And the draft overall, they did a solid job of it as well. But the one thing that's just still just gnawing at me, just annoying, is they didn't like fully address or even properly address enough the biggest hole they had, and that was like pass rush position. I know they got. Cleveland Farrell at number four, which is great. You needed to get someone with, with your earliest pick who can fill that fill that void and just help you prop up that part of the that part of the department. And you also got Max Crosby potential and then Best Mayota, you know, veteran. But there's still a lot missing. Like I don't know why Gruden doesn't value the pass rush as such a priority. You know, even after like you know we saw him trade Mac and all these other people, whatever. And it's just the actions aren't supporting how they view pass rush that great. I mean, Cleveland Farrell, hope he's great, but I still wish they went with a more. I still wish they tried more in free agency because you're now you're relying on first years and second year players, and it's not going to be conducive to like a lethal pass rush. So, you know, looking at who's available, Matt, in terms of free agency, there's not really a long list. I mean, no, you're going to get like at this point. Yeah, it's like, you know, you can't really look at free agency. You're, at this point, you're saying, all right, we're going to work on development, which, you know, it, sh- it should be because the defensive line coach, Breston Buckner, I believe his name is, he's like has a, like, a good rap of making defensive lines turn into a beast. So they're really, you know, pitching and putting their eggs in one basket on him as well as some young some young studs they have that they're hoping that they can develop into. But um. In terms of who's available, you know, like I said, there's not really anyone that has left. You know, you can mention adding just to get interior pressure with Indomic and Sue. I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm okay off of Sue. That guy, you know, we all know about that guy. Let's stay yeah. off him. But uh, someone who I would be interested in the Raiders, like, looking into just for, like, depth and a little bit of a veteran presence because, you know, having depth the defensive line is crucial you know you gotta Definitely. rotate those guys on drives that are lasting hella long and you, you know you only have so many quality players and you gotta shuffle them you know that's that's the way you have a lethal pass rush especially interior wise i would look at defensive tackle Corey leggett i mean before his injury last year you know he's a he was with the los angeles chargers um that guy was a real nasty player at that time and overall he had a lot of consistency to him um he's nice he's strong he can 
be a great run stopper, not necessarily going to be a total pass rush like disruptor, but just nice to get some depth in there. You know, that way you can get some players like you could save some players at least like a good few snaps a game. And that's like that can go a long way in terms of longevity for the season. Corey Leggett would be a great addition and probably be my only one I see that's even worthy on the list of who's available at defensive line. And you really got it. You can't really look at who else would be there at outside pass rusher since that's not really a part of Paul Gunther's system. So, um, yeah, dude, I feel like at this point it's like, you know what? You put your chips in one basket. You have to make sure some of these guys elevate their play. Otherwise, we're going to have a lot of crooked looks out there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely agree with you on the pass rush end of things. You know, I we talked about it before. I wanted them. I wanted to see the Raiders take the pass rushers in their first two picks. Didn't happen. Ended up getting Crosby in the fourth. You know, but obviously relying on a fourth round pick isn't the most ideal situation. Um no. So as far as a pass rusher go, you know, one guy that I thought of that I really liked is Derek Morgan. You know, to your point of getting someone with a that needs to put their hand in the dirt. Um, you know, obviously Morgan the last few years has played as a 3-4 outside linebacker, but he did play uh, as a D-end in college and in the beginning part of his career. So I feel like as far as guys that are still available, it wouldn't be terribly tough of a transition. And... At the end of the day, like if it's not the scheme fit, um, one of the things with all of these guys that are still available, they're not going to have these big and long contracts. So the residual impact and there's probably not a lot, a lot of guaranteed money anyway. I don't have a number in front of me or anything like that. But if you end up cutting him, it's not the end of the world. Um, you know, the biggest thing for me or one of the biggest things for me with Derek Morgan is similar to Leggett is, you know, he battled injuries last year and didn't exactly produce. And he is 30 years old. We talked a lot about the Raiders getting younger, but I look back and I look at 2016 and 2017 and he can, and in those two years, he combined for 16 and a half sacks. That's mm-hmm. something that could be a welcome presence. And the way I look at it is kind of the worst case scenario is he can be one of those veteran leaders for guys like Clellan Farrell, Arden Key, and Max Crosby. Again, he's going to have to prove that he can do it as a 4-3 defensive end versus the 3-4 outside linebacker. But at 6-4 and 260-plus pounds and uh, having the background and playing it in college and playing playing it in the beginning of his career, you know, it's something that could end up working. And to me, it's just someone who you can take a flyer on at this point in the game. Yeah, at this point in the game, you figure, why not take a flyer? I mean, I I, I sincerely doubt that'll happen, you know, because yeah. there's, they don't really see stand-up pass rushers as their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but That's true. I, I mean, maybe that's why they didn't even look at Jamie Collins, since he, he he's more of a stand-up guy. And, man, that's guy I, I really wanted. I didn't, I didn't even know was still available until a few days ago when he signed with the New England mm-hmm. Patriots. So that would have been a solid get, just get more talent, more depth. And, you know, that's why, that's why like, why the Raiders got so many corners? Well, not so many, but like a, a good heap of secondary players yep. in this draft because secondary, you need to have depth, you know, in yeah. case of injury. You know, That's sometimes true. you do need to shuffle out there and you just need good quality because, you know, it's a passing league. Same way why you need depth at the defensive line position. It's a passing league and you're going to be trying to get to the quarterback. And so you're going to be exuding a lot of energy much more than you would when it comes to like trying to make a stop on the run. So yeah. it's going to be. 
really telling to see once again how they can develop that defensive line. Yeah, all pressure is going to be on Brenton Buckner, and it very well should be. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean it, the the core of this team is still going to be within the draft class, regardless of what happens. Oh yeah, next. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but moving on to at least my need or one of uh, the biggest needs I see is the one at guard. Um, mm. I know we have Denzel Good, and both of us talked about this last week, and we all both thought the Raiders would add at least one offensive lineman in the draft. That Obviously, weird. that didn't happen. Um, and there's there's not a whole lot in terms of guards that are still available. So one guy that I kind of or one name that jumped off the list for me that could make the transition would be Ryan Schrader from the Falcons last year. Uh, he's played tackle his entire career, but with how valuable that tackle position is and how coveted coaches take that, that tells me if he's still available at this point, the rumor around the league or the thought around the league is that he might not be able to cut it at tackle anymore. So maybe the move to guard is exactly what he needs to save what's left of his career. And for me, when I look at it as, you know, Colton Miller had his struggles last year. Obviously, you're not going to give up on him after one year, but you got to keep Derek Carr healthy. You got to keep him upright when he's your franchise quarterback. And if Colton's struggling again, Schrader would give them another option to put at tackle and hopefully at least be somewhat better and keep pass rushers off Derek Carr. And again, and this is going to be the common theme with guys that are still available last sale available at this point. Last year wasn't great, but the two years before that were pretty good. If I'm mm-hmm. looking at his PFF grades in uh, 2018, it was 63.7 as an overall, and then 62.9 in pass protection. Obviously not great. 17 was better with a 70.6 overall, 72.3 in pass protection. And then 16 was pretty damn good with an 83.4 overall and a 76. So there's the potential there. Of course, it's a matter of can he still put it together? Can he get back to that form? And can he make the move to guard? Be another project for him. But again, someone who's at least worth uh, kicking the tires on and maybe seeing what he's got. I mean, you mentioned guard. I'm looking at a list right now. (sighs) Off top of my head. At least, like 80% of these guards are like 28 and over. That's not someone yeah. you want to. I mean, you brought up a good point with offensive tackle. You know, maybe kick him inside, you know, so he has to deal with like, he doesn't have to worry about 100% pass pro as often. But mm-hmm. yeah, dude, all these guards are just so old. And what you know about the guard position, it's similar to running back where it's just interchangeable. You don't have to get that stud guard out there. You don't yeah. have to, you know, get those. You don't have to get the Quentin Nelsons and stuff like that. And if mm-hmm. you do, you're going to get those from the draft. So you have that control. You know, you can try to see if he could still become an incumbent starter, be retained over the years. So, you know, guards, guards aren't really like players. You go out there and just sign like that. I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. the Raiders, the Raiders didn't even do that. You know, they got Gabe Jackson. <laughs> I mean, they did that with KO with that time. Look good for two years, but look, now he's traded. Yeah. So that's, that's why going after a guard and free agency like running back is not ideal nor conducive it's not conducive to sustaining winning football so everyone just does it through the draft and gets young players and you hope the offensive line coach molds them into the system they want to run and then they're able just to you know create great opportunities through that and maybe build a stud or not or at least someone sufficiently because we all know offensive tackles 
both sides are like the the gem or the meat of the product next to the center, who's pretty much the quarterback of that line. But yeah, yeah guard at this point, it's, it's Denzel good or die, man, pretty much. And I'm, <laughs> once again, I'm so happy that Bricio Incognito um, is not getting signed. That would have been, I feel like that would have been such a bad idea. And what'd you, what did he say? He was going to turn 36 again? He's I mean, going to turn gonna... 37. Oh God, even worse. Yeah. So yeah, like I, we're not gonna get into that too much, but it's just a it's just a good thing that especially his ship has sailed and the Raiders kind of dot like prevented themselves from essentially shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. Needless to say, is you will not hear Richie Incognito on this podcast be a signing option for the Raiders. We, we can promise you guys that one. Hell no. <laughs> Jose, you got a number two. Number two, I was thinking along the lines, well, it's not a glaring need, but in terms of if we're looking for the future, it's linebacker, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. especially middle linebacker. I mean, I know they have Markel Lee and Nicholas Morrow, especially Lee, who like, like, wow, he actually looked good on her. He was like yeah, one of the better early downs linebacker. Um, just using the, just overall with the eye test, like, oh, Lee's flying. This guy's cool. <laughs> No, he's not great or that good, but he's solid. You know, he's a good person you could put it, put right there. Um, but, you know, I'm getting a little tired of just band-aiding the position over the last, like, eight years. You know, they haven't really – who have they really drafted? I mean, you know, you think of the last players they've really drafted and started, C.O. Moore, what is he doing now? No. But, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, you need to look at his moral, a nice little project as well. He's getting a little better. But, you know, you got – Tahir Whitehead last year and then Derek Johnson and he didn't even last half the season before <laughs> he said cut me you know get <laughs> yeah. me the hell out of here I'm done with football I'm done with you guys and such um I mean you know Tahir Whitehead played better towards the second half of the year it's great but he's not someone you're looking at for the future Brandon Marshall which he might be a little bit of the future at least for somewhat of the foreseeable future because since they since they sold him on Vegas and you know what? If anything, if they if he's the one that balls out, that's great because you know last three years and such, he was like a really great linebacker. Like he was like one of the top ones out there. Dude's athletic and fly around. And then you have you know, someone who I'm not too fond of, Vontez Perfect. You know what? What else does this guy have? You know, too many injuries. You know, concussions. I and mean, he's like one more from being done. Um, he doesn't really look like he can like move as well anymore i'm not i'm not sure what it is maybe it's just me like putting thoughts in my head just from like some of the stuff i saw from him no i mean um i i agree with you vontez he he's too big to be able to really cover running backs and line and tight ends and he's really more of a run defender at this point in his career yeah there's nothing left for him i mean i didn't really care for the signing it was just like all right he's just another guy to me i mean he's paul gunther's guy yeah, yeah, that's that's probably the only benefit. The only thing, like, okay, at least you could say his horrendous year from last year. You could say, oh well, Paul. he he yeah. it's because he didn't have Paul, and then also you throw in the injuries. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, that's fine. I guess that's a fair argument. Sure. Now let's actually see he's back with his buddy, and if he's still wet in the bed, then where's the excuse? So mm-hmm. I mean, um, so the, yeah, those that's that's I'm getting tired of these little patches. So I mean. You know, I'm not going to say, oh, go for more free agency. No, that's not what I'm saying. But it is acknowledging that linebacker, you know, it's not a glaring need right now because 2019 they're set. But it is gonna, it is a need. And it's going to be have to brought up when the 2020 draft comes back up when the Raiders are in their new home in Las Vegas. So in terms of that, linebacker, that's my next need. I mean, with linebacker, like you said, I think 
moving forward in the future in 2020 is definitely going to be in need. Um, you know, as far as like we're saying right now, does it really make sense to sign a third linebacker, you know, after Marshall and perfect? I don't know. I mean, you got your veteran guys and anyone that they would bring in now would be reps taken away from guys like Jason Kabita, Nick Morrow and Mark mm-hmm. Kelly. But yeah. And they- hey, don't forget about the guy. Uh, was it Coney? He's someone that's like a real diamond in the rough, like the undrafted free agent from Notre Dame. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I'm saying like it's still in him, and now that that's not to say that I left him out just because. Well, I don't. I mean, he's he's still a mystery. You know, a lot of these rookies True, are mysteries. Yeah. And while he did look great in college, and I'm kind of looking forward to him, I'm just gonna reserve opinion because I honestly didn't look too much at him. But I do hope he does. You know. Rises among the crop, as well as Markel Lee and all the other young players like Nicholas Morrow and Kambinda. Yeah. They they create their own little core, and then leading the linebacker, leading the linebacker position to great prominence in the future. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely got a good case and has a good chance to make the team and maybe even get a good amount of playing time in year one, which a lot of guys that are undrafted free agents don't really get. So yeah, he's definitely got an opportunity ahead of him. Um, my third player that I kind of want to see the Raiders kick the tire on, uh, that or third free agent is not necessarily a need, uh, but Trey Boston. Um, you know, we mm-hmm. talked a lot last time about Carl Joseph. Don't really know what Carl Joseph's future with the Raider is, with the Raiders is, but I would imagine at some point they're going to move on to him. And the fact that Trey Boston's still available is pretty damn surprising to me. I mean, in the last two years, he's had eight picks. The guy on the Raiders roster who's had the most in that same time frame is LaMarcus Joyner with four. And it's not like Trey Boston's like an old, old Reggie Nelson when they got him a few years, when they signed him a few years ago and we finally got over that fiasco. But that's a, that's a whole nother hour long pod if we ever want to get into that. Mm-hmm. But Trey Boston's 26 and I was literally like Googling, like I'm trying to dig up dirt on why he's not or why he's still available right now and couldn't find something. Maybe someone will point it out to me on Twitter and chirp me about it, whatever. But I look at it and then I go back and I'm like, well, maybe he has uh, maybe he's just an interception guy. um, And as a coverage guy as a whole, not that great. But then I'm looking at his PFF grades and again. 18 last year it was a 70.4 78.2 in coverage and then going back to the year before in 2017 and 80.6 and 89 so it's mind-numbing to me that this guy is still available and as far as uh fit with the raiders he's not going to the raiders bro they're not going they're not going after <laughs> again, not. like if you're gonna move on from if you're gonna move on from carl um you know he can easily be that he and that's the thing. They don't know if they're going to, they don't know when they're going to move on from Joseph. They don't know when, you know, maybe it'll be after training camp, after preseason, maybe they'll yeah, trade I'm him, true. maybe just ride him out and let him walk. And maybe the slight 1% chance that they actually resign him, which I highly doubt. Yeah. I mean, and at the writings at the wall, and then it begs the question of, well, do you want to rely on Eric Harris who had a great year or do you want to try and bring someone in? And I mean, I guess I'm just taking it from the standpoint of the current moment of looking at what they have. But I, I mean, I get it. Like I would be like you said that the, if they were going to sign Trey Boston, they probably would have done it by now. But I mean, he's got to be a good option. He's got to be at least worth 
uh, a, a Richie Incognito workout at this point. But he's not worth that because the guard position as opposed to safety is not nowhere near the same in terms of need. Like, that safety room is packed, dude. You got to remember yeah, who else. Know. They brought, like, Curtis Riley in there to potentially yeah. play depth. And, you know, Eric Harris is most likely going to make the team. And that guy played – that guy was like a freaking Swiss Army knife. I, I saw his snaps per spot on the defense, and this guy was everywhere. So yeah, no. you love having that chess piece. That's why they have Joyner because he's a chess piece. You know, you're, they're still going to keep Joseph just because I think they think they can make a playoff run. So they want to have that quality depth. And you have Abrams who can do the same thing. So they pretty much have similar players like that. And I'm not sure Boston's necessarily a guy that will get up five, eight yards behind the line of scrimmage and like play his nose like that and get get into the mid and scrum. So, no, I mean, you know, he'd yeah. be a cover safety. You're for sure. It's just, I don't know. I guess when I just see the reaction to me when i see a guy like that available is like thinking mm-hmm. he's he's got to be worth at least the phone call at some point but yeah who knows? just because the value's there yeah and, the value's know, there yeah. and you know me i'm a secondary guy and i think boston's yeah. a great player and he of course he would make us like maybe somewhat better i'm just it's a little shocking to me too but if you think about it at least the nfl is not like major league baseball you got dallas keichel and so many of these stars still yeah. not playing like what the hell is that and yeah. that is why we are not a baseball podcast. <laughs> that is true. Because <laughs> of that, yeah. of that little boring bit. So, uh, Matt, if you got your piece, I think I'm going to transition this for us. Let's do it. All right. So I thought of thought of the other day what we could do for a, a third and final topic. Uh, bleh, topic. And, you know, now is the point of the offseason where all the key events are done. You know, you unless you're really looking forward to OTAs. Which we Can't look, wait. A little weird. <laughs> but you gotta think. Let's let's look. Let's to the future now. Let's let's look. Let's go back, revisit the schedule. And now that we've have free agency set and done with, the NFL's draft is set and done with, and pretty much the last little minute additions. You know, everything's cemented for the most part. So now we can start seeing and start playing around with the schedule. But I'm not. I'm not gonna say right now for this podcast. We'll say that later. What's the win-loss record? Who are we looking for? Stuff like that. But I will say, let's just go with this, Matt. Who are our, who are our preference, preferences on matchups? Who are we most excited for the Oakland Raiders to play at home? And who are we most excited for them to see on the road? It doesn't have to be, you know, it, it, this this point is just me and you. Who do we think, like, who are you excited to see? Go ahead, Matt. Let's take the floor. Okay, I came up with two for each. Um, the Ooh. first one is a bit of a cop-out. It's the Jags game. Because it's the final yeah, game at yeah. the college. I, I think we all can. I think we all can attest to that. Yeah. You know, let's consider that a wash. Because yeah. anyone is not going to say like, "Well, I'm looking forward to the last game," or I'd say even the first game to be honest, because those yeah. are obviously going to be so sentimental, especially that. No, more so the first one, the last, but that's so? going to be the final be game it. in the Coliseum 2.0. Yeah, against the Jaguars. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, obviously that's the whole reason. But my second one, this is why I came with the second one, so I wasn't a complete cop-out, um, is the Chiefs week two. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about uh, the Monday night opener. I think the Raiders should be able to win that game. I think they're better than the Broncos are right now. I think they could very well head into week two, uh, 1-0. and And week two to me is going to be a pivotal point. If this team is going to be a playoff contender, if this team is going to be competitive throughout the year, Week two might end up being a must win because the five games after that are all going to be on the road against pretty damn tough teams. Mm-hmm. And I mean, 
if they like I said, if they want to be a uh, if they want to be a potential playoff team, this is my this is a must win. You got to beat the Chiefs at least once. They Definitely. struggled in Kansas City in the past. Like this is a game that you got to win, and it's a really the first real test to see how much better this team is than the years before or the last year at least. Because this is going to be the biggest competition that they play probably all year. This is the toughest point of their schedule. And, I mean, the Broncos, beating the Broncos on Monday night would be great. But I'm not going to put a whole lot of weight unless it's like a 30, 50 to nothing blowout and a win against the Broncos when all the momentum is on your side, really. Yeah, no, 100%. It is a must-win game for sure. And at that point, if you really want to make a statement that you're a great team and you're going to go and win that game. And you're gonna have to win that game on Monday night, national stage, all eyes ball, all eyeballs on you, division opponent. You have to take care of business at home, and you're two in a row. And then once you leave against Kansas City, and you're pretty much not touching that Oakland. That's pretty much the last time you see the baseball yeah. field ever. That's the last yeah, time. Exactly. Week two. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Holy yeah. Shit. That's the last time you're <laughs> seeing the base. That's the last time you're seeing the baseball field. Even if the Oakland A's, who look good, are gonna go that far, but that's pretty much the last time. Yeah. So. Damn you, Matt. I was going to pick Kansas City as my second week, but I kind of anticipated this from you. So to you know, to stay away from cop-outs, I'm not going to say week one because, of course, I'm looking forward to that. And the last week against the Jags, which is also going to be a good matchup, too. Yeah. The Jaguars are somewhat decent yeah, this year for once. I'm going to say the home game I'm looking forward to is Thursday Night Football against the Los Angeles Chargers. That's a good one. So that's going to be, you know, personally to me, um, I want to put this out there. I think to me, my most hated division rival is not the Chiefs or the Broncos. It's the Chargers. Oh, we're and on the same page. That's a little weird because, you know, especially for if we have any older listeners, like my dad, he fucking hates the Kansas City Chiefs, dude. <laughs> he can't. He despises them so much, and that rivalry is deep. It's it is. I, and if I look at it objectively, oh yeah, that's definitely the rival next mm-hmm. to the Broncos. The Chargers are like the little brother. But to me, you know, you know, I'm 24 years old, and you look at how I grew up, like, really, like, my cognitive brain development, like, 2004 and stuff like that, I have memories with football. Mm-hmm. It was the Chargers just straight clapping the Raiders week yep. after week, season after season. LaDainian Tomlinson doing his little dance where he sticks his arm out, so props annoying. the football. God damn it, man. I used, I remember, like, I, I remember my dad's friends think- used to give him tickets to – it's leftover tickets to those games, and I would see those live, and I'm like, oh, god damn it, man. This this freaking team, I hated them so much, and especially once North Turner took over them and after, yeah. like, little hell he left the Raiders in. So the Chargers are my, like, worst-hated team, dude, in the, in the rival, and I love seeing them. Love seeing them in peril. Yeah, I mean, I think LT even has, like, two or three touchdown passes against the Raiders. <laughs> Yeah, probably. I know. Yeah, like he actually, he just was a Raider killer. I mean, I hate to admit it, but so is Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers has kind of had the Raiders number. And yeah, Philip's a giant dickhead. We're on the same page. I've always hated the Chargers. My cousin is a Chargers fan, and it annoys the hell out of me. And it's just like, it's those ugly blue uniforms. Like, come on, man. Like, it's just terrible. Hate it. I, you know what sucks, though? I hate it by myself more is because, like, since I've, like, I've like learned like football so strongly from just like just like starting even in high school and even going all the way in college and just reading and doing my own like learning from you know college coaches it's like 
the way I love football so much and try to approach it from an analysis standpoint, I kind of like the Chargers now. I'm not saying <laughs> the fan part. I can differentiate the fan part of me and the objective, let's watch football guy. You know, yeah. the fan part of me says the Chargers. <laughs> Chargers. Mm-hmm. And then this other side of me that loves football, it's like, God damn, the Chargers are so fun to watch. I mean, it's just like that defense is so stout and that offense, like they really should, they really are a top five team right now. And that's why I'm looking forward to that Thursday night football game because the Raiders are going to have like, you know, a lot riding on their shoulders. At that point in the season, we're going to really know who that team is, the Raiders, because it's going to be so many weeks since they've even been to Oakland and they're going to be hosting a division rival. Once again, national stage. And I love primetime matchups, which is the very limited ones they do have. And so playing the Chargers Thursday night and the Raiders have a great, actually a great history the last like 10 years playing the Chargers in primetime. Yeah. Yeah, if we're uh, going with the theme of full honesty when it comes to the Chargers, I actually really like the Chargers draft. But yeah, let, I, I I can't sound like a Chargers homer anymore. Let, we got to move on. All right, so give me your best. Give me your away game you're looking forward to, Matt. So my away game, wouldn't be surprised if I stole this one from you too. Um, it's actually technically a home game. It's the Bears in London. I mean, oh. obviously you get the Mac return game. Mac comes back. Get to see, uh, get to see that. I mean, I know, and Raider fans might hate me for this. I kind of still root for Mac just because I kind of still view him as our guy. Oh, We're the ones wrong with that. I, yeah, but you know how it is. Yeah, like some people yeah. like it's like I like I'm I'm with you. I still like yeah. it's not like he left on his own accord. No, yeah. and and the way he exited wasn't like he still gave love and he was like yeah like those are my dogs but you know business business yeah, so exactly. i mean like you, you can't hate the person he is that guy is so genuine i'm not gonna root for him when he plays against the raiders no, it's just sure like not. that but no i'm definitely interested to see what he's gonna do um and then i mean just for me like the bears are kind of an intriguing team you know having them yeah. be last year uh be the team. division winner last year and then you know kind of interested to see how they can do this year and they're not a team i get to watch a whole lot and I always do like watching those uh, cross um, cross conference matchups since you only get to get them every four mm-hmm. years. It's always always fun games to me. So I'm going with the Bears in in London as my favorite road game, not away. Definitely is a road game. You know, I'm actually with you, man. I love. I, I don't know why people don't love seeing. It's not emphasized as much as when they see interconference play. Like I sometimes kind of like those in some cases better than division games, to be honest, Yeah. because just like, it's just, once again, it's just the rarity of it. And depending on who they're playing, where it's at, what's the time slate, then I'll, I'll love it so much better. And mm. so honestly, when I thought about my away game, I didn't even think about the, the bears, but that's kind of, cause I didn't even think of it. I technically it's a home game, but you're right. <laughs> it, it, it is. Yeah. It should warrant a road game. It's you're a, definitely, you're definitely valid game. in that point. It is a road game. <laughs> but honestly, I'm going to go with another interconference play. Ooh. I'm going with the Raiders against the Minnesota Vikings. That was the other one I was looking in, at. In terms of teams, you know, we talked about like, like oh, I kind of like watching the Chargers play. I love watching the Minnesota Vikings play, dude. Yep. You know, it's from 2016 and on. And I just love their receivers. And I'm a receiver guy and secondary guy. I love Xavier Rhodes. I love Stefan Diggs, man. I freaking I remember at one time I saw Adam Kaplan say, like, don't sleep on this guy. And I like I picked him up in fantasy and I started watching <laughs> more of his tape on Game Pass and stuff. And I was like, this guy's gonna be legit one yeah, day. He's and a I, stud. I'm like, and that's not one one like take I brag about because just because it's like that that was that was great. That guy's a player. 
top five route runner. And so that's why. I, and and another uh, other than just the matchup, that's going to be what the week three game, right, or week four. So that's going to be early on. We're, we're, four, we're, talk, but... we're talking about you know hitting the ground running. They need to <laughs> they need to really hit the ground running. You're going to play a, a team that's going to be pissed off from yeah. the shithole season Have a 2018 lot was. You know, I remember I've written some articles on the other side I write for about the Vikings, and I've said that 2018, the Minnesota Vikings were the 2017 Oakland Raiders. That's the, you know, you, yeah. a bunch of talent, Super Bowl hopes. You know, this was the year, no excuses, and you you whiffed. You whiffed hard. You let someone come from out, from out from under you. You know, but I, I think the Vikings, if anything, they were, they're, they're a worst-case scenario because it's, you know, you had ample some more talent than the yeah. 2017 Raiders, even 2016. You know, defensive ballers all over. Everson mm-hmm. Griffin, you got you're, you're just stacked at every layer in that team. So I mean, I just can't wait to see them in 2019, especially early on against the Raiders when both teams are still, especially the Raiders are still trying to go like show their hand. They're still building their identity in terms of like on on the tape. People don't know yeah. what they are, so the Raiders are going to get a lot. They're going to get away with a lot more innovation, their creativity that they're showing early on. So that's going to be a great yeah. matchup. I'm looking forward to. I mean, it'll be a hell of a matchup. Um, obviously with Diggs and uh, Adam mm-hmm. Thielen and how the Raiders are going to cover him, and especially with their young yeah, guys who are going to get tested. Be Kyle Rudolph, yeah. Irv Smith, yeah. Dalvin Cooks, a dual Kyle threat. Burger. That's going to be such a oh man, I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah. yeah, I just I just love watching the Vikings. When I play Madden, that's my team. I love <laughs> okay. playing cuz they're not overpowered, you know, yeah. uh, technically on the overall scale and just like mm. I, they're just a fun team to just last year. There's yeah. there's just so much. And I mean, it's going to be a super talented defense with the defensive minded head coach versus mm-hmm. a pretty talented offense with an offensive minded head coach, so that should spell for a good matchup. Yep, and that's a game you really need to win. Once again, it's yep. going to be tough. It might be a it, it might be a 10 a.m. start here, but over there, since what is it, only like two hours away, so it, it shouldn't be that it shouldn't be that terrible for them for the Raiders. Yeah, um, we'll we'll see what time they they give them. But once again, early on, need that game, and you know, a little a little nostalgia for some really older fans for the Super Bowl. Yeah, a little Super Bowl rematch. All right, we got to move on to the quack of the week. Oh, Jose, do you have one? I'll let you go first if you have one. Honestly, you know what? I honestly don't have one. I'm more interested to hear what your beef is this week. So I'm going to steal this from you. I'm stealing the quack of the week this week, and I'm combining <laughs> it with Jose's shit take of the week. And hold on, I don't want to. I don't want to misquote this, so I'll pull up the uh, the take takes, in bro. question. And this is in response to the potential for the NCAA football games to come back. Jose tweets. Hot take. NCAA video game is overrated. Big facts. This is bullshit. These are fighting words, Jose. I'm going to I'm going to tell you about how much this game means to me. Facts. A few years ago, I went out and bought an Xbox 360 and the game and that's the only game I own for it just so I can keep playing that game. In college, I my friends and I or my roommates and I we put up a dynasty between the four of us. We got through like 10 seasons in 6 months. This is the best video game series of ever, ever made. Not just in sports, ever, ever. There's like, what do you mean it's overrated? Like, I, I can't even talk right now. I'm so mad. Clean up on aisle nine. I think someone's reaching into the drug cabin. <laughs> I, that's I, you right now. 
I'm I'm livid. I, I I just can't I can't fathom it. Like NCAA dude is such an overrated game. It's not oh that great. God. Come on, who the hell wants to play as bunch of nobodies at that time? I'd rather play professional. Someone I actually know. Someone who actually has a title, a brand, the actual oh you know the actual money maker. You know, it's just what do you like, mean the great. money maker? There's so much money in college athletics. They just just the players don't get it. No, no, I'm saying that. Come on, NCAA can be NFL. Come on, get the hell out of here. You, next, you're gonna bring up NBA and NFL. But freaking <laughs> no, nah, dude, NCAA is overrated. Who the hell wants to play? Like I say, who, like oh yeah, Johnny Football. I want to play as him. You no, know, it's number I'm two for quarterback from Texas A&M. Let's get it. Let's get that straight. Oh wow, they don't even have their names on there. Well, you just download them. Have you never played? No, because I never cared to what? play for that crap. Why would How I want to play crap? How are you gonna say it's overrated? You never played. Because it's crap. Oh, okay. Now, now I, now I get the logic. Dude, no. why would I play? Why would I? Why would I stoop? I'm already at the top level with Madden and other games. Why would oh I stoop God. down to that level? That's the point. So the fact that I already know I'm playing the best, I can say the bottom is crap. The oh same way, God. it's like we know NCAA who, like, is hands down better than Madden. I like Madden too, but it's it's just not even in the same sentence. What's that, bro? And even my friend tried bringing up like some cute ass little stat, like, "Oh, NCAA was one of the greatest selling franchises." And I'm like, where? "Where, where, where, Joey?" That's my friend's name. Where, where do you see that? So I looked it up, and it wasn't even anywhere near it. And then he starts saying, "Well, it depends if you look for the week or a month and just title." I'm like, "Okay, so when you really like get so specific, then it's like, okay, you might as well be saying like on April 29th, if that was the day it got sold, they had the best selling." Well. That's great. They probably were one of the few games that actually sold that day. So it's not really the, the money in that. It's not even looking that great. But I will say that if they do bring it back, that's smart because people live through nostalgia. Oh, the they same w- way that that Detective Pikachu shit is out. Hell, <laughs> my, my, my older cousin seeing that, you know, so that's going to be that, that's going to that, that, that thing's going to sail. If NCAA was smart, they would allow for the brands to go for the students because when that game comes out, that's going to be a huge reel in. No, they could price that at like. Three hundred dollars, and I'll still freaking buy it. That's how right, much it. They get out of control. Oh, I. You don't understand. Like I like the ten year dynasty. That's like a short one for us. Like I got one right going right now that I'm on like year sixteen. You're still playing that shit? Oh yeah. Like I said, oh, dude, I bought the Xbox 360 just to play NCAA. Who's your team? Who are you playing on there? I start with the one star, build them up, move on. That's the philosophy every year. Are you start at like UC Davis? No, nah, you can't do UC Davis, but I'll start uh, at like... Uh, see, they're got... excluding teams. Madden doesn't exclude teams. You they know, exclude the FCS crap. teams. They don't exclude them. I start at like uh, Middle Tennessee State University, build them up, you know, get them up to like a four-star, and then go on somewhere on else. San Jose State on there? San Jose State is on there. Oh, Every cool. FBS team. Oh. Yeah, see, you can play with your alma mater. <laughs> Like, there you go. The trash. All right. Well, that's all we got for you guys this week. Um, Obviously, Jose doesn't know what good video games are. Leaving the the mic dripping with a little bit of hot sauce from that. that, My ears are steaming right now. I wish you guys could see how red my face is, how now angry. Anyway. Cry in the corner. uh, I will. I will. I'm very (laughs) mad. Um, But anyway. If any of you guys have a problem with my take, Please comment on the podcast Please. or reach us out to our Twitter handles or the fly, or the Fly Sweet podcast handle because exactly. I will debate you for days. And if you think it wasn't sufficient, and I, I didn't even throw out all the points I had just for time purposes, but <laughs> please, me, you're, this this will be revisited sooner rather than later. 
exactly. We will if you if you have a take on video games or any or anything about actual football that we talked about, comment it, submit your application for hater of the week, and who knows, you <laughs> might just get on the pod. Anyways, that's it for this week. Follow us on Twitter at Sweetfly. Follow me at mholder95. Follow Jose Chase at jsanch underscore two one. What is that? J S A N C underscore two one. Other than that, what else you got for the good people? Nothing else, guys. Just let us know what else you want. What, else, what games are you looking for for the season? Home and away. We'll stop. Let's go. We're here to start a dialogue like Charles yeah. Barkley. We're gonna get we're gonna get the Twitter going. So uh, <laughs> get a, get us up or hit us up on Twitter. Comment with the games you're looking for. Other than that, we out.